0: From the start, Brad, Matt, and Jared knew they were going to make it bigger than any band from Bowling Green ever had. I just believed in our music so much, Jared says. There was never a thought that we wouldn't make it. Even today, Jared remains a bit of a homebody who loves playing video games, but he loved playing drums even more, and the band took every chance it could get. We would play anywhere and everywhere, and they would pay us to play. Jared remembers, at coffee shops, inside a Kung Fu academy, during Bowling Green's annual fair. Most of Perfect Confusion was still in high school, but in 2003, Matt and Jared enrolled at Western. They dropped out after one semester, because to fully pursue music, they decided, they couldn't have any fallbacks. So Jared worked at Petco while Matt went back to Mancino's. The band practiced every day and started playing three gigs a week, Piling into a Chevy Blazer they borrowed from Jared's parents and driving to Owensboro, Knoxville, Louisville, Little Rock, Perfect Confusion played more than 150 gigs together. One night, the guys showed up at a rundown bar in Indiana and were surprised to find a large and lively crowd. Halfway through the set, someone yelled, wet t-shirt contest, and just like that, the girls marched out, stepping over the guitar chords, and ending the set. There were a lot of shows like that, Jared says. The early years weren't total drudgery. After all, disruption by wet t-shirt contest isn't the worst way to clock out for the evening, and the band had written enough songs to fill an album. In 2004, they cut a cheap LP with local producer Joel Hopper, hanging blankets over the windows of his downtown apartment and recording ten tracks that blended political lyrics with stoner rock. Later, Matt would walk into Jeff Sweeney's record store with a disc man, eager to play his music for anyone who would listen. Soon after the album's release, however, perfect confusion began molting into Cage the Elephant. The backstage politics behind this are complicated and occasionally messy, and over the next few years the band would lose close friends and partners like Joey Stratton, Thomas Bullen, and David Kem. Indeed, once Bullen and Kem departed, many fans in Bowling Green assumed the band was finished. "'I remember running into Matt on The Square in 2006,' says Tommy Starr, the city's top rock DJ, and he was like, we're working on a new CD. And I said, I thought you guys were done? The band needed two new members. The first was Daniel Titchner, an old friend whose dad used to jam with Matt and Brad's dad. Titch was a guitar player, but when he heard Kem was out, he showed up at Cage's practice with a bass and an amp. Matt told him he had 72 hours to learn their songs. Titch aced this test, and before long he was helping write new songs in Jared's basement. When Nappy Roots, the rap group that is Bowling Green's other big Sonic export, heard an early version of Ain't No Rest for the Wicked, they asked Matt to write it as a hook for them. Nope, he replied, this one's for us.